Hello and welcome back to the Don't Look Down podcast with myself, Emily Taylor. The next person that I'm going to be bringing to your ears is Mary Jones. And what I'm hoping that you'll get from this interview is how to be a caring person. Uh, Mary Jones has dedicated herself to helping other people and she's the founder of Redditch Friendship and Support Group. She's also going to be sharing her inspirational story of when she was in her early 20s, during the 70s, she ran away from her home and husband in Ireland in search of refuge here in England after suffering from being subjected to mental and physical and violent abuse. So there's a little bit of a warning there and you'll you'll see why. Mary is definitely an inspirational lady and will prove that you can overcome anything in life. So here's the show. Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thank I am you. Delighted, delighted to be here. <laughs> yes, so am I. Um, and obviously, when I decided to embark upon this podcast, I wanted to find out what services were available in Redditch. So I thought, I'm going to go on Google, pretend I'm somebody that's really suffering, what services are out there for me, and Googled mental health support groups mm-hmm. in Redditch mm-hmm. and surrounding areas, and you came up. Oh, good. Yes, mm-hmm. and within a few rings mm-hmm. of your mobile, you answered straight away mm-hmm. and wanted to initially just use your group and your website in your mobile to sort of signpost people to. Mm-hmm. And we met for a coffee. You told me your story, which was amazing, and everything that you do for other people. So I wanted to get you on the podcast. Thank you. So mm-hmm. thanks for coming. And... Um, I wanted to sort of start it off, and I'm going to be doing this with everybody to sort of be a bit of an icebreaker and start on a positive. What three things are you the most grateful for in life, apart from your friends and your family? What would you say the three things? It can be anything. The fact that I have an education yes. is something that I'm very grateful for. and. Because my self-esteem was so low, mm. I decided to pull myself out of the gutter, really, yes. suppose, so to speak. And I did three degrees yes. at, on three different occasions. Um, I was working full-time and I had my two sons to look after as well. Mm-hmm. So, And obviously the degree was done during my leisure time, well, we talked about leisure time, school holidays yes. predominantly. Mm. And um, I got a distinction in all three. Brilliant. So I'm not that's something that, that 
that's something that I'm very, very proud of. And you should be. Um, so that's one. Yeah. I'm proud of the fact that I set up this mental health support group. Yeah. Because I swore that when I had my experience of a breakdown, that I would never stand by and see other people um, left alone, really, mm. feeling so deserted and alone. Mm. Um, fortunately, when I retired from teaching, I um, got a job with MIND, uh, doing research work with Irish women. And that was the that was the road into mental health. Yes. And following that, I set up a support group for Irish women in Birmingham, Brilliant. which I ran for two years. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. And it was, it was probably, it was an eye opener for me because mm. I heard other women's stories and I began to understand how the Irish upbringing and how your background yeah. actually led to mental health problems yeah. in later life. And it gave me insight into my own problems as yeah. well. And makes you, and, I suppose, yeah. feel that you're not alone, you're yeah. not the only one. Yeah. yeah. And following, uh, during that time, um, I don't know how it came about, but I just had a letter one day from the governors of Birmingham and Sully Hall Mental Health asking if I was interested in being a governor. Brilliant. And I did that for three years. And during the time I was doing that, I set up the support group in Redditch that I currently run every week. And it's six years in the offing next month. Wow. Yeah, so um, hopefully I'll continue it until such time as I decide that I'm no longer I can't ever fit. see you giving it up from the conversations <laughs> that we've had. I think you're too good at it. Yeah. And what's the third thing that you'd say you're most grateful for in life? It can be anything. As simple as having a piece of chocolate cake on a Sunday. Oh, yes. No, I don't want it to be as mundane as that. <laughs> it might be for some people. Yeah. Um, I can't speak about my family, can I? But, um, no, you can't no, say it, would no. it? Because that's, that's the idea, because yeah. if you was to ask me, I would say, oh, my family or my it daughter. Is, yeah, so it's, yeah. it can be anything, really. Yeah, I've done the education and I've done the mental health. Holidays, is there a happy place of yours that you just escape to, that you just think, oh, God, yes. I'm so grateful to I be here. I love the Peak District. There we and go. And I love the Derbyshire Dales. Oh, fantastic. And, um, uh, several years ago, when I was having a really bad spell again, mm. I um, it was between finishing the Irish Women's Group and uh, setting up the Redditch Group that I seemed to take a dip. And I think a lot of it has got to do, and it's it was reinforced by Alistair Campbell last night, which I was really pleased Brilliant to hear. Documentary. That he said, I've got to be busy, 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 busy all the time. Mm. And that was me. I absolutely panicked the day I handed in my notice mm. at 68 yes. to retire from teaching. A lot of people do, actually. And I thought, oh my God, how am I going to fill this void in my life? Mm. And I can remember that, uh, I think it was just the month of July, I was at home, well, a couple of weeks in July, mm. and then in August I saw this advert for the Irish Women's Mental Health Research. And that was it? And that was, that was a year. And then, I, of course, when that year was coming to an end, you know, my mind's going round in circles thinking, oh my God, what's next? I yes. cannot be here on my own. I cannot <laughs> be here. You know, I, I just, yeah. I've got to have something. And, um, 
that's when um, I decided to set up the support group in Redditch. Yes. Not, not for my own benefit, but uh, and the, that coincided with being a governor with Birmingham Sully Hall Mental Health. So during during that time, I it was sort of a, that limbo standing yeah. uh, well crossroads as a crossroads yes. want, want a better word that I thought oh well, you know what's here to fill the gap mm. you know what can I fill the gap and I went up to Yorkshire and Derbyshire for two weeks and mm. just drove from place to place did but, you go on your own mm -hmm. and I, I, lots I of thinking then felt totally at peace I thought this is this is what I have needed all my life and it's open space isn't it mm. and it's beautiful scenery chatted to people and mm. I went to the theatre in Harrogate on my own mm. and it was just I just came back feeling completely refreshed and refreshed and, and knowing which yes. path you wanted to yeah. go down mm -hmm. to fill the void yes brilliant yeah. well they are fantastic yes. three things to be grateful for and proud of as well so I want to start this with obviously um, your early days mm -hmm. in um, Ireland and if you wouldn't mind sort of explaining and sharing with us why you fled your home um, mm -hmm. in Ireland mm -hmm. on a boat um, to seek a new life in England. Mm -hmm. um, I, I grew up in a very cold, uncaring family, the only two things that mattered with my family were prayer and work. Right. And I can remember my father banging on the table and saying, if I ever thought any of you were in the dual office, he said, I'd slit your throats. Oh gosh. You know, and our whole life centred around prayer and work. We had the rosary every morning and we had the rosary every night. Right. Very we, strict. Yes. You were, not allowed, you were not allowed to be seen seated. Right. My father would go berserk if he walked past a window and saw you sitting. It just was a no-no. It was as bad as committing the most heinous crime you can possibly imagine. Right. Was to sit and... Did you feel frightened by... Oh yes, I was terrified of right. my parents. I was always terrified. I mean, beatings were a, a regular occurrence. And, you know, you never asked why you got a beating because you, you just get twice as much right. for asking. Okay. Um, I mean, there was a lot of trauma and abuse. Um, my mother, you know, she used to say, I don't know why I had children. I never wanted children. And I was the scapegoat. I, mm. I, my brother, the elder, you see, in Ireland, the the family set up used to be such as the eldest boy in the family was mm. going to be a priest and the eldest girl would be a nun. Right. Well, of course, I was the eldest girl. My eldest brother is a priest. But, of course, okay. there was no way I was going to be a nun. And, um, <laughs> no. Uh, no. And we were never allowed to show any emotion. You were never allowed to talk. My father was a believer in children should be seen but never heard. Right. So you were never allowed to have an opinion. You were never allowed to join in in a conversation. I don't think I'd have ever been put on anyone's knee, and uh, I don't think I'd have ever given love. No, I don't think. No, I don't. Mm, that's I don't sad. recall it with with any of my siblings. Um, absolutely Is, not. Do you think that was because they had that upbringing? Also, do you think that just followed from down from generation from generation? 
I don't know because when I when I came to Birmingham and obviously my mother's sister lived in Birmingham and she said no we were never brought up like that but my their mother died when she was about 48 right. uh, from leukemia yeah. so but my grandfather was a very gentle soul but my father was he was horrendous he was absolutely horrendous mm -hmm. and then I think my mother obviously felt that that was the way to bring children up and just went and, with and it. just went along with him right. because was their relationship was there any abuse oh, no. between was, well, you, no, was I, your father okay with your mother did she suffer abuse or was it just at, at the, the children I, I don't I, there was no affection you you, you wouldn't have no never saw any any affection or any I mean I think my father undermined my mother because the, his family always thought that he married beneath her him. Okay. And I mean, she had ten children. My mm. father was one of ten children, and um, they were all very snobbish and very um, uh, above their station, I suppose, okay. with the phrase I'm looking for. And my mother was just seen as this one who lived on the farm with her granddad, mm. with her dad, sorry, my granddad. But um, my father moved in on that farm and mm. I think made my granddad's life hell from what right. my aunt used to tell me in Birmingham and he treated him the same as he treated us children. Right. Um, you know, we walked to school every day three and a half miles and walked back and Gosh. you know, he would be driving the tractor because he went out to work for other farmers because he had all the machinery and everything mm. while they hadn't. So he did, he worked hard. He used to leave the house at five o'clock in the morning, maybe not get back at mid until midnight. Gosh. But you know, he would he thought that we should do the same. I can mm. remember doing the weekly wash when I was eight year old, mm. you know, and, and when I say weekly wash, it certainly wasn't a washing machine. You no, know, but yeah. we're very and privileged, aren't we now? Yes, yeah. And um, so life at home was quite hard as an oh, upbringing yes, then. Yes, and then I was, was horribly bullied at school because oh. my mother never, uh, you know, she wasn't uh, domesticated in any sense. She was very, very interested in the farm and the animals and everything. But, you know, her children certainly didn't didn't matter in the least Gosh, little eh? bit. And we were left to bring ourselves up, really. Right. And then um, at 11, I was ordered one day to get dressed because we were going into town to buy my school uniform. I wasn't consulted, I wasn't asked or anything. Mm. It got shock, shock horror, you know, they would certainly never consulted us on anything. And that was the first time I'd ever been in a shop. Wow. At 11 year old. And because we lived in a very rural part of Ireland. On a farm. I mean, we were at church, obviously, every yes. turn round. But that was as far as you know, that's as far went, as that, yeah, and you know, we never had a holiday or anything like that. And um, anyway, I was kitted out in this uniform and told that I was going to the convent and I was going to be a boarder. Mm. And I was just basically left at the convent gates and that was it. You know, and all the other girls would have had visitors at weekends or whatever I never had. Right. You know, I never had any pocket money or anything. So again, I was... And that was from the age of age of eleven. Yeah, you was in the contributing, mm -hmm. right? Um, I can't and that say was a that, tough time again. I can't say those were the best years of my life because, of course, I was targeted by the nuns because you know I was wearing the same uniform from the age of eleven and I was still wearing it at eighteen because you know they didn't believe in spending money on clothes or shoes or anything. Right. So um, you know, and the tights would have been sewn to 
beyond oblivion, really. And, um, you know, again, I'd say probably I was ostracised by the others. And, yes. And uh, when I left school, then I decided, no, I didn't decide, my father decided that I should get a job in the civil service. So, uh, I can't remember, I must have filled in an application form, I don't even remember. And I had an interview at Stormont, which is the, you know, the centre for um, hmm. government, basically, in Northern Ireland. Okay. And um, went there, and it was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I think there was a panel of about eight people on this interview, hmm. you know, for me to join the civil service. And you were 18. And I was 18. Hmm. And... Um, the final remark was, why did you apply for a job here? And I said, because I want to work in the civil service. And he said, don't you know we make a policy of never employing a Catholic? Oh, right. This was in the 1960s, obviously. Okay. So fortunately, that doesn't happen any longer. But um, So that was the end of that. But was you, was you relieved that you didn't? have to join the civil service because obviously that decision had been made for you by your father. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You, you didn't? No, I didn't. I'd never been point. allowed to make a decision. So mm. why suddenly would I be able to make a decision about what I wanted to do? Mm. And then uh, when I went back home, my mother kept on and on about joining the convent. You must join the convent. You've got to join the convent. And I thought, no, I'm not going to join the convent. I'd run away from home before I joined the Fleming convent. You know, <laughs> having spent seven years. In yes. And um, anyway, my father then got his head together and decided I should be a teacher. So, um, how did you feel about that? I didn't mind. Mm. I don't think. Uh, no, I didn't particularly mind. But again, it was it wasn't my choice. Mm. You just went with it. Yeah. I mean, my, my younger sister ran away from home. She just took a bus from college one night with a friend and oh, went to Glasgow. Right. Nobody knew where she'd gone. Okay. Uh, so um, So there was three of you then? Three there girls, a, three girls, uh, right. two boys. Okay. And um, anyway, uh, my so father decided teach. to arrange the accommodation for me at uh, the teacher training college with two maiden aunts who lived in Belfast who were horrendous, you mm. know, who clocked me in and clocked me out practically every night mm. and then fortunately the second year you know it was they, they decided that it was too much that they had to cook me a meal in the evenings and I was oh. eternally grateful for that so I joined two other girls and we got accommodation in Belfast so I went through my two, three years of teacher training and during the summer holidays I worked in hotels because mm. I didn't want to go home because we'd be made to, made to work in the fields and milk cows and clean out buyers and all, all the things that you'd... So was this the point mm. that you started to find yourself a little bit and grow independence from being so sheltered for so long, obviously working in hotels and yeah, did you yeah. enjoy the teacher training course? Yes, yes, I, I can't say I disliked it. And then, of course, I had to wait for the results, so I yes. got the results, and uh, uh, then I applied for my first job. Yes. I think they allowed me to do that, actually, and it was a new school in Larne in Northern Ireland. Um, so I got the job there teaching reception class, and my father again decided that he would arrange the lodgings for me. 
so he found this, I don't know how he went about it because I was never consulted, he found this, uh, I think he was a retired police officer and his wife, so mm -hmm. I, had, I stayed there. But then I got to know one of the girls in the school and she asked me to come and stay with her. So. You know, and then I was mm. closely monitored from home all the time. Was, well, I hope you're not going out in the evenings, and I hope you're not doing this mm. and doing that. So I started to go. I used to go home, and I used to, I used to buy things for them because I was, you know, I thought, mm. well, if I can't have the love any other way, perhaps if I buy and buy and buy, you know, mm. I practically bankrupted myself at one stage trying to and. My mother would say, what waste of money, true, what's that rubbish, bringing that rubbish here. Mm. Yeah. And so again, you know, the rejection was, it, it was wasn't. There. It wasn't great. There was never any gratefulness no, or any no, well done. No, 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 I never ever had any acknowledgement for the fact that I went through the course and came out the other side mm. and got myself a job. No, that was never, you know, it's a good job. You found yourself a decent job. You know, you've never given that up. And then um, during the time, actually, when I um, uh, was working in the hotels, mm. I met this man. Well, of course, I knew nothing about love. Mm. And he knew nothing about love. And I suppose I saw him as the escape route. Yes, from I home. can imagine you yeah. would, yes. And, uh, you know, he was, he had no personality. He worked in a factory, mm. um, not demeaning people who work in a factory, no. but, um, you know, he wasn't, you couldn't have a conversation with him, basically. Okay. And um, my family wouldn't let him into the house mm. under any circumstances. He used to come and pick me up, but they, they'd never, never, ever come and speak to him or anything. Wasn't allowed him for tea? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He wasn't spoken to, you know, all the time we were going out together. And then, of course, I was, you know, I wasn't at home all the time. Mm. I was, uh, was away working. But when I was at home, you know, I was expected to do all the chores again, you know, the summer holidays and everything. Mm. And um, I said, I can't understand, but I had this... I don't know whether it was a desire to be accepted or... I kept going back home and yet when I look back now I think what the hell did you do that it's for? It's because it's home and yeah. even though there was the rejection there you probably mm -hmm. still felt this yearning you know maybe if I go back this time maybe subconsciously mm -hmm. you thought you know I do mm -hmm. this or I've done that and they see yeah. me now maybe they'll yeah you probably yeah. are constantly yearning for that praise yes yeah it's yeah. sad that you didn't get yeah. it yeah but um anyway eventually we married my father stopped speaking to me I think the day that I met him he didn't speak to me for Ten years after that, it was it because he didn't approve of this. Well, I don't know man, because nobody, nobody you, again, there was never any explanation. No, it was just no. he stopped and, speaking. Um, yeah, and um, I paid for the wedding, obviously, because yeah. you know they weren't going to pay for it. Uh, they were refusing to come, and I think somebody, I think they came because it wouldn't look good with the neighbours. Right. Yes. Okay. So that was an important issue. You know, everything had to. You know, my father felt that he was. Um, a role model, I think, for the neighbours and right, yeah, and uh, but a lot of them, certainly, I know that my father's wake, a lot of them, <laughs> said something entirely different, which I thought hmm, interesting mm. that they actually did see what was going on. Yes, and um, as I say, we married, and he and decided. And how old was you when you married? Twenty, twenty-five, twenty-six, um, and. 
we didn't discuss anything like where we were going to live or anything. Mm. So uh, I said to him, uh, are we going to get somewhere? Because you couldn't apply for a council house if you were Catholic, they wouldn't give you a council house. Right. So I said, are you going to get somewhere to rent privately? No, we're living with my mother. <laughs> she was a matriarch from hell. Oh, gosh. So we went to live with his mother, and she was a nightmare. And I thought, I can't stand this. I got yeah. a job in the local town in a secondary school. And I enjoyed that, I must admit. I enjoyed Good. my time teaching there. But I used to dread the end of the day coming, having to go back to him, need to come in and eat bang the table and say, my dinner's not on the effing table. What the effing hell have you been doing all day? I said, I've been to work. Um, so was this kind of routine with him banging the table and demanding mm -hmm. where his dinner was, did that start pretty, pretty soon after you married? Yes, eventually I couldn't stand it any longer. So I said, I'm going to find somewhere to rent and you can either stay here or you can decide to join me. So I found two rooms in this grotty household, it was horrendous, mm. and um, went to live there. And he did nothing. He never, ever lifted a finger in the house. He was totally incapable. couldn't even put in a light bulb because his mother had done everything. Right. And his mother, he had to go around and report to his mother every evening. Oh, right, okay. After tea time. You know, stuff what he had to eat. And, really? Yeah, whether I was looking after him properly. Oh, dear. So anyway, I got pregnant and uh, had Kieran. Uh, he was born with a cord around his neck, so he came bellowing into the hospital, screeching across the ward. You know, one of my neighbours from where I grew up in, in Ireland, very mm. close to where we lived, mm. was having her baby in the bed next to me. I thought, oh my God. So he was embarrassed. Yes, so he was shouting and bawling, I told you to stop cleaning bloody windows and you had to go and clean bloody windows and decorate the house. Well, we'd, we'd actually got somewhere to rent privately at this stage, so of course I, even though I was pregnant, I was still... So he was shouting and bellowing because he blamed you because... Oh, because Kieran was born with a cord around his Which would have had nothing to have yeah, no, done. Yeah, no, exactly. but it was all my fault and, uh, you know, he just created merry hell, so... There was a matron in the, on the ward at the time, so every evening when he came in, she ushered him back out again because oh, it was really? all yeah. Oh, so she could see and yes, empathise yeah, with you. Yes, yeah. so she wasn't. He, she wouldn't allow him in. So he we used to call her all the bastards onto the sun. Right. Oh, nice God. character. Yes. Then. Yeah. So um, Kieran had breathing difficulties, quite a lot of breathing difficulties, and uh, you know I had to have the doctor out several times, and then he'd go into oxygen tents in the hospital, mm. and he would come in again shouting and bawling. It was all her fault, that stupid bitch, you know, what she was doing when she was pregnant. And again, he was ushered out of the hospital. So, anyway, uh, came time for me to go back to work. You were only allowed 11 weeks before and six weeks after. Mm. So he was born in July, so of course I was back by mid-September at school. And I, I said, uh, I found someone to look after him when I go back to work. My mother's looking after him. I said, no, she's not. So mm. I got a thumping for, for that. Did you? Yeah, so I got a real hiding for that. And, and was that the first time that he'd... No, he had been, you know, he'd lash out and, you know, he'd use his feet or his fists or whatever. Uh, but, um, of course, I couldn't tell them in Ireland. You know, no. But, oh, good God, I couldn't tell so them. So you, you kept wrong. this yeah, I kept abuse this. to yes. yourself? Well, I didn't go to school and tell anybody because I thought, oh, my God, you can't you tell anybody know. that you're living like this. Um, um, and did you, did you, at this point, 
um, even though you you know you'd gone back to work, you was a new mother, you'd got all these new mm. feelings and oh, yeah. things that you had to deal with because obviously having a baby yeah. is a big shock to yes. any woman's body, yes. yeah. and then to obviously have that kind of abuse from your husband. Mm-hmm. Did you start to think then? Oh, How never, is my life going to be? Oh, yeah, is this yeah. going to stop? Yeah, I never gave it. I, I never. I sort of. Or, or did you just slotted go through each day? Yeah. I was on automatic pilot almost, mm. and I just, you know, I never thought, oh God, what, what the hell am I going to do about this? And um, you know, he used to. I, I suppose Kieran probably was about three or four months old, mm. and he used to bang the table. I demand another child. Why am I having another child? So of oh course dear. I worked with a few girls, and I said to them, "I've got to, you know." But of course, the doctor, your GP, wouldn't give you the pill mm. because you're Catholic. Yes. So it's one of the women yeah. I worked with, she said, "Go to the family planning clinic." And I said, "What's well, a family planning clinic?" And she, and she, of course, she told me where it was. So I said, "I can't go because you know the only time I'm free, he's around." Mm. You know, he'd ask me where the hell I was going. So um, anyway, she said, "Asked, you know." It was a nun that was headmistress again mm. of this, this particular school. She said, just tell her you have an emergency doctor's appointment or something. So I did. So I got three months supply of the pill and that's what I was, you know, that's yeah. what I was doing. You, so you didn't, you, you yeah. didn't want another I baby thought, because no, you just I thought... certainly didn't want another baby no. with him. And um, anyway, um, uh, all life just went on in his own mundane way, I don't mean. And if he woke up in the morning and he just didn't feel like going to work, he didn't bother. He said, oh, right. you've got a good job. He said, why should I go to work? Right. You know, and um, then after Kieran was born and, you know, of course, I had no washing machine, I had a spin dryer. And, you know, I put yeah. the spin dryer on on a Saturday morning, maybe about 11 o'clock. Mm. Oh, God, he'd be out of bed and he'd be down and he'd kick the spin dryer across the floor. You don't want me to bloody sleep, you selfish bitch. And, you know, this is what went on. And then he'd take care on and go up to his mother's and stay up there for a few hours and not mm. come back. And I thought, oh, dear God, what have I done? Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, things went so on. So it went on, on like that for yeah. quite a while? Yes. So and, and then accidentally, oh God, a few years down the line, I got pregnant again. Yeah. And I told him that I, you know, I was pregnant, and he said, "Well, how come you haven't got pregnant all this time? We've been having sex, and how come we haven't got pregnant?" So he kicked me and Kieran out. Really? Yeah. He said I was two time and then I was a bitch, and I was a trollop, and I was, God knows what. So, the mm. chap next door, uh, I knocked next door because I knew the people next door, and he said. You know, I went to school with that bastard. He said I can't stand him. Oh right. Yeah. So. I so it wasn't it wasn't a secret. No. About no. how he was yes. and his yes. reputation then. Yes. And he was still going to his mother's every night and bringing care on. I mean, I'd been working all day. I wanted to spend time with my of child. Of course you did. But no, he whipped him up because his mother had to see her. So of course I got. Unfortunately, I got one of the mother's neighbours to look after him, mm. and she was. The story she used to tell me. She said, "You know your mother-in-law." I said, "Yes, I know my mother-in-law." She used to, you know, she said if she met me in town, she'd stand at the pram and she'd spit into it. It's just shocking, isn't it? So I never said anything to him because he'd, you know, that caused another row, and I'd get probably get another thought. But so you so was pregnant with your second. Yeah, you was living with a neighbour. Mm-hmm. And then so I happened? came back in. I came back in one evening when he came back from work, and I said, uh, "I'm leaving you." He said, 
you, I'll bloody kill you before you leave, mm. he said. So I thought, right, that was the end of that subject. So. And did you really believe that he would have killed you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm sure so you he knew would have at done. this point, this because was the point for you of, yeah. I either leave. Yeah. You see, there was something else started to happen. He used to, he used to go up to take Kieran to his mother's, bring Kieran back from sort of bedtime, nine o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever it happened to be, you know, allowing for the fact that he was walking and talking and everything at this stage. And then he'd disappear. Mm. And he wouldn't come back to about two o'clock in the morning. So I knew someone who knew him. So I thought, you know, and I used to pray, honest to God, I used to pray that he wouldn't come back home. And he said, no, oh, please, God, please, 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 God, that he doesn't come back home. So they said, I think he's got involved with the IRA. Oh, my. I said, well, with a bit of luck, they'll bloody shoot him. Honest <laughs> to God, I really did. I mean, it sounds horrible now. It doesn't, because it, obviously you were yeah, going through an yeah. absolutely awful time. Yeah. So um, you've married the man thinking that, you know, this is your escape route yes. from, you know, yeah. being told what to do your whole life mm. and not really being shown a lot of love to a not man being that's... shown any love. Yeah, really. to that's... a man that's beating you yes. and... Yeah, yeah, demanding and, ch you know, child and God knows Mental what. abuse. Yes. Yeah. But you see, his answer when I got pregnant was, well, you must have been seeing someone else because, you know, you couldn't conceive when we were having sex. So mm -hmm. how could come suddenly, you're pregnant. You know, I'd forgotten to take the Fleming pill. Um, yeah, <coughs> which so, happens. Yeah, which I couldn't tell him. No, of course not, because that would, your life wouldn't yeah. have been worth yeah. living if you'd have yeah. told him why. Yeah. But understandably... Oh, and, and, uh, oh, then the following evening, uh, um, I, I came back home because I still had a key, and he came in with the priest. Right. Mm. So the priest was to give me a good talking to, Okay. You know, that you're married and you stay by your husband mm. and you don't, none of this silly talk about leaving him. Little and did the priest know that yeah. so what I said, was happening. Yes, I said, you d he didn't tell. No, 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 you got married. In the eyes of God, you are married. Mm. So I nearly said to him, sod off, mind your own business. <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, after he left, he, he just laid into me about, you know, you, you, think you, you think you can be someone else and you think just because you're a bloody teacher that you're more upmarket than the rest of us and blah, 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 oh God. And he said, so the next morning, you know, obviously I got off and got Kieran ready and got myself ready to go to work. And he said, you're here this evening when I come home, I'm going to bloody kill you. And that was the point. So I thought, that's it. That's it. That that yes. was that was enough for you That's to say. It. Yeah. No more. No. So. So you left. I um, put Kieran in the pusher. I I think I took me rollers. I took me makeup. I took some nappies. I took some bottles, and I took a spare set of clothes. Mm. And I walked down towards the school because one of the teachers I used to work with used to walk down together until I got her. I said, "Can you give this letter to the headmistress, please? Say I'm very sorry." But I can't stay any longer. Mm. She said, what do you mean? What do you do? I said, just tell her I'm sorry, I can't stay. So I went to the bus station in Inniskillen, where the town was. I said, is there a bus going to Belfast? He said, yes. He said, there's one going in half an hour. So I boarded that bus, got off the bus in Belfast. I've never been to Belfast. Well, I have been to Belfast occasionally, but, uh, you know, it was still a strange city to me. Yeah, you wasn't familiar and, yeah. getting round. And um, I said to him, uh, how do I get to the docks? 
And he says, where are you going? I said, I need to get a boat. And he said, all right. So he directed me, there was a bus service going to it. Mm. So I got to the docks and uh, I bought my ticket and I got on board the ship. And that was it? And that was it. And um, how far gone was you with your second child? I was three months. Three months. Mm -hmm. So I... Brave, yeah, very brave. Yeah. But I think now the alternative back, was... The alternative, was, exactly, yeah. was a no. Murder, probably. You know, I think he would because if he had been involved with the IRA as, as I had at the back of my mind at yeah, this stage, that they could easily have planted They could have mind. disposed of me. Of course, they could without have. any knowledge. Mm. So I thought you must you have been so frightened. Oh yeah, and I couldn't tell my family. I couldn't tell anybody. No, no. And there was no. Well, you wasn't to able tell. to. You had no, that. No. no. Did you like have like a best friend or anything in Ireland? Was there somebody that you know? Did... Well, I mean, the teachers I worked with, I was very friendly with, but yeah. I wasn't going to tell them. But it wasn't. Sort well, of... one of them knew. One of them knew that life wasn't a bed of roses, but her life wasn't a bed of roses. So either. you had that in common. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, we used to go out sometimes for lunch, but you know, and I'd be looking at me watching and she'd be saying, Oh God, you've got to be back home, haven't you? You know, yeah. during the school yeah. holidays. She said, Oh God, what sort of a life have you got? Yeah, and, and you know, it wasn't a life. No. So she'd go to her husband, you know, if you don't like it, tough, you know, whereas yeah. I didn't. Whereas you wasn't yes. able to do that because of the consequences. Yes. So uh, So you came to England uh, and well, this on was the your boat, on the boat I met a woman. She said, Oh, where are you off to? I said, I've no idea. She said, what do you mean? God, she must have thought, flimmin' idiot. So I said... But I bet you didn't you care. Said, no. I felt nothing but contentment when I got on yeah, that boat. I bet. And Free. Yeah. And she said, oh, this boat comes into Heesham. She might as well have said South Africa. I thought, where the hell is Heesham? Yeah. So I said, where is it? And she says, oh, it's the north of England. Nothing. The north of England. Yes. Yeah, no, that's all I knew. The north of England. Did you have like a? Uh, did you have in that England was the place that you wanted to? I wanted to get out of Ireland, and that was it. Yes. So it didn't matter where. Because he'd have tracked me down, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. So, anyway, I um, she said, uh, so where are you going? And I said, well, you know, I told her that I'd left this violent marriage, and that uh, you know she could see that I had a young child and was pregnant with another. So she said, you need to survive, love. She said, what are you going to do? And I said, well. I actually feel I can't survive now that I've got away from him. And she said, well, the, the, there's a coach picks us up at Heesham, she said, mm -hmm. and they stop off in Bury and Bolton. And she said, you can either get off in Bury or you can get off in Bolton. And she said, and she said, have you got any money? And I said, yeah, you know, I had a month's salary, which was, I think, about £120 or something at that stage. Gosh. So. So that teaching just really quite a, saved you because a lot was, of people didn't yeah, work today. Yeah, it was quite a bit of money. Yes. You know. And um, she said, could you stay in a bed and breakfast or something? She says, just get yourself to the council in the morning. Yes. She said. So anyway, she, fortunately, I mean, she was lovely. She, yes. She, you know, she, said, she probably yes. was the person you needed to speak yes. to on that boat. So um, she pointed out one, so I went and knocked on the door and she said, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So the next morning after breakfast, I said to her, can you direct me to the housing, you know, where the local housing was. So I went there and told me to go back to my husband. I said, no, we're under no obligation to house you. So I said, so what am I supposed to do? She says, well, I suggest you go back to your husband. Mm. And I thought, that's not going to happen. I said, I can't do that. I said, my life's in danger. Well, she didn't want to know. They just did not want to know. Right. You know, they told me practically to sod off. So I came back in a flood of tears mm -hmm. to the B&B &B and she said, 
did you ask them for private rented accommodation? And I said, I'd never heard of private rented mm. accommodation. So I said, no. And she said, well, go back and ask them for a list for that. So anyway, I went back and they get me, I mean, it was quite a, quite a bulky thing of private accommodation. Yeah. So she, and I went back to the B&B and she was, yeah, again, she was lovely. And she said, you know, she said, you know, if, if I give you, she gave me a map mm. of, of Bolton. Bury, wasn't Bolton. Bury. Bury. And um, I walked the streets basically for two, three days. And I came to, to this house, obviously, it was one of the ones where there was private accommodation, mm. knocked on the door, and this woman answered, and I thought, oh my God, she doesn't look, she doesn't quite look as if she's with us. You know, I don't know whether she was drugged or whether what she had... savoury character yes. kind of thing, thinking, I'm not sure so where this conversation's going to oh, lead. She said, you're in luck. She said, the front room's empty. She said, and the landlord's Irish. Ooh, and I said, a bit of luck. So she said, come back on Monday morning, because that's when he comes for the rent. This was Sunday. Mm. So I'd, I'd only had from the Friday to the Sunday, yes. really. And uh, all the others, no, 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 there was nothing. And I thought, okay. oh, God. So, I, of course, I had to go back to the B&B that night. So um, anyway, I went to see him and he said, oh yeah, when do you want to move in? I said, today. Impossible. <laughs> yes. So anyway, four pound a week. Four pound a week. Yeah, no. So, um, but that money, that month's salary yes. that you had wasn't going to last forever. No, so no. you knew you had to work. So I decided then that I had to get a job. And obviously you yes. had yeah. teaching. Yes. Um, yes. Which had, was yeah. a brilliant. It was in big demand as well. You yes. know, there were plenty of jobs. So anyway, that was your saving um, grace, really. I said to this woman in the, the well, my room was on the front of the house, and the the other one was hers was sort of the next door on. The, it was at mm. the um, it was at ground level. Mm. So I, I knocked on her door and I said, "You don't know anything about um, trying to get a teaching job." She says, well, "One of the chaps upstairs is a teacher." So another straight couple, oh, right. which is how it yes, happens. Yeah. So she said. Um, I don't know whether he's in or not, because obviously it was a Monday, he probably was at work. And um, she said, um, go up and knock on his door. She said, you know, later on, mm. maybe six or seven o'clock. So I went up and he said, oh, do you, have you not joined any of the agencies? What's an agency? What's an agency? Looked like a village idiot. You look, you look, you look as if I'd never been out of Ireland before, ever out oh, of the green wow. grass. This and is true, you haven't. Yes. You'd um, lived a sheltered life. Yes. So anyway, he told me, you know, get in touch with the yeah. Autumn Education Authority, which was the teacher's headquarters. So I got in touch with them and he said, well, where would you like to work? I thought, pardon? <laughs> where? <laughs> so he said, well, where are you? And I said, um, uh, Bury. He said, oh, there's a job going in the secondary school in Rochdale. Would you be interested? And I thought, I don't care where, where it, it is. is. I'm interested. I will damn well get there. So, of course, then I had to think of childcare. Yes. So, anyway, I went to see social services, thinking that they'll have a list of childminders. They sent me to the, oh, God, Emily, I've never, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I went to this. It was a, a, a terraced house, you know, a yeah. little middle terraced house. Yeah. And uh, I, I knocked on the door, and I could hear this voice saying, go round the back. So I went round the back, and there was all these kids mm -hmm. in this tiny little yard, and they were filthy. <laughs> Absolutely filthy, and dirty. Like, oh my and there was sand trays and God knows what. And I thought, beggars can't be choosers. No. To have to. It's desperate times, isn't um, it? He loved it. There we go. He absolutely loved it. If your child was happy, you're happy. He didn't want to come home in the evenings. Oh. Yeah. 
and I thought, and of course I had to organise a bus to Rochdale every morning and the bus yes. back again. But she's don't worry about what time you come back, I'll give him his tea. If so she was put up, so although it looks oh, yes, that way, yes, she's, she's a dirty old apron. <laughs> but she was brilliant with the she kids and I loved her, so you felt at ease I thought, there. Oh my God, I couldn't <laughs> have had any better luck, could I? Oh. I really couldn't. And so you'd got a job, you'd got somewhere to live, yes. you'd got the childcare. Yes. And then yes. things were starting to look up for yes. you. So then what I, happened then? What was the next stage where things kind of... Because yeah. obviously you didn't stay in Bury. You, no. you moved and um, obviously you were pregnant. So yes. you'd have been having well, I your asked, second uh, child. Yeah, I asked about hospitals in Bury. Mm. And they said, no, there's no maternity unit. You know, it was only a, a little hospital. Oh, right, OK. So, um, and... It, this was only supply teaching I was doing in Rochdale and the headmaster called me in one day and he said you know your supply teaching's coming to an end but he said there's a school in Bolton he said Bolton. who want a teacher he said would oh, you right. be interested in that and I said oh yeah but I said you know obviously you know, I'll have two children by yes. then so he said well he said why don't you look for accommodation in Bolton then mm. And uh, one week that the landlord came for his money, I said, I really could, you know, I'm thinking of moving on because I've got a job. He said, I've got a house in Bolton. He said, oh, and there's brilliant. a room coming up there. Brilliant. So oh God, You must have felt it was, so it was elated. It was squat up Oh, was it when you got there? Oh, my God. So it wasn't like where you was then? No. Well, the one I was in wasn't fantastic. But, but this but, was even worse. This, oh, God, this was horrendous. Oh, Mary. I'm going to have to take it. I really am going to yeah. have to take it. Take it, and clean it up. Yes, you don't yes. have to stay there forever. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was on the bus one day and... Uh, and how far gone was you? How? Oh, God. I was, you must have been was, quite heavily yes, pregnant. Yes, I was almost ready to give birth yeah. at this stage. And But the job was already lined up. Yes. Because Kieran was born in... Uh, Richard was born in Richard, June. Richard, yeah, He was born in June, you see. So obviously I had... Mm. from then until September before I went back to work so um, he said that you know the job will be here for you in September so. that's good and uh, uh, oh god what happened then oh yeah I was on the bus one day and uh, I was obviously talking to Kieran or whatever and this woman behind me she said oh it's that an Irish accent and I said yes, yes. and she said oh I'm from Derry you know yeah and I said all right I said where do you live she said I live in Bolton and so I you know I told her where I was and she said uh, oh she said must come round and see you sometime that's nice so, so you've she, made yeah, a friend so she started you know she I mean she had a huge big family and uh, mm. she had a house in Bolton mm. and uh, as I say Richard was born and yes. you know I had nobody to come and visit I had no. nobody you know had to drive. you must have felt very alone yes, at this point yes, yes was this the point where things sort of came crashing down a little bit oh, after oh yeah yeah I mean, so what happened I left Kieran with this lady mm. you know to be looked after this lady I'd met on the bus yeah I mean I'd been to her house on a number of occasions and uh, you know, uh, Richard, as I say, was born in Bolton Royal Infirmary, and it was very, very quick. You know, um, I think I came back out. I must have been home about a week, and I just I, I knew I wasn't coping. Mm. You know, I just knew that something wasn't there was right. Something desperately wrong, and I, 
Do you think you had postnatal depression? Oh, yeah. Did you just the feel the whole world came crashing around me? Which I'm not surprised um, because mm-hmm. you've had so much yeah. trauma. Yeah, it's post, you know, yeah. traumatic stress nowadays. Yes. Whereas back then, yeah. And I went to see her. I went to see this woman mm. at her house, and um, I took a load. I stopped and I got a load of tablets. Mm-hmm. Not at all planned in my mind. And when I got to her, she went out to make me a cup of tea and um, she um, brought me in the tea and I just, I think she went out of the room or something and I just swallowed all these tablets. Did you just feel that that, that, the, that was it? You didn't want to keep fighting anymore? No, no, I just, but there was nothing left. There was absolutely nothing. I was devastated beyond words. and. You know, people used to say to me afterwards, did you not think of the children? I thought, oh God, no, I couldn't have. I wasn't able to look after myself. How the hell could mm. I have looked after children? You've come, yeah. My life was... Oh. In turmoil. Yeah, there was no... And you there was no way alone. out. There was no way out as far as I could see. Absolutely mm. no way out. Which there isn't in, no. in those situations. So you know. I don't remember anything then until I woke up in the hospital the next morning. Yeah. And... Um, I was I sort of looked around and I thought, what, what's where am I? Yeah. And I was in a geriatric ward. Oh, right. Yeah. And the sides were up on the yeah. bed. And um, there seemed to be people hustling and bustling about, but nobody came to me. And um, the cleaner eventually came and she was sort of swishing around her things. She says, you've had anything to eat? I said, no. She says, did they not give you anything? And I said, well, I don't think they asked me. I mean, I wasn't really sure whether or not they did. I suppose you were me. all over the place and feeling yeah. quite poorly yeah. as well. And I remember saying, Where's my clothes? Did you, you know? know when you woke up what you'd done and what happened and where you were? Or did yeah. that take a while for you to realise that you'd survived, obviously? Yeah, I, I suppose it fairly quickly it, it dawned on yeah. me that I was here because I'd taken that. And obviously, I immediately thought of the boys and I thought, oh, she'll have them, you know, and of course there's no mobile phones or anything, you had no way of contacting no. anybody. Very different to nowadays. Um, anyway, I lay there and she came with a cup of tea for me oh. and the nurses just walked past me as if Did I they? didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a real stigma attached to trying to take your yeah. own life. Then it's very different now. Yeah. Than you wouldn't get that treatment no. now, Mary. And, I, and it's I devastating presume, that you were treated yeah. like that. I you mean, needed I, help. I knew I had a stomach pump. I knew that. They, they, yeah. they did tell me that I had a stomach pump. Mm. And I think one said something like, um, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're very lucky to be alive this morning. Mm. And she sort of walked past me as if, you know, she was talking to the air. And then uh, time passed and there was nobody, there was nobody taking any notice. And I was thinking, where's my clothes? I just want to get dressed and get out of here. And... Um, Anyway, the cleaner came back and she said, you need to see a psychiatrist. The cleaner came back? The cleaner came back and said, you need to see a psychiatrist. And I said, where? And she said, oh, there's a lady in, in, in one of the rooms up there. She wants to see you. Mm-hmm. I said, I haven't got any clothes. You know, I was in a hospital yeah. gown. And she said, so where's your clothes? I said, I don't know. I have no idea. I said, you know, I have no idea. What, what a way to be treated. Yeah. So uh, anyway, she, she, the cleaner went off and searched and came back with my clothes. Mm. So uh, one of the nurses said, you better get dressed, you're going home. So I said, well, 
I've just been told I need to see a psych. Yes, you need to see a psychiatrist, and then you're going home. That was it. Mm. So anyway, I, I was brought up to this room, and she was an Asian lady. Not that I have no problems against any nationality. But no. She. She said, "Why did you do this? You tell me why did you do this?" Mm. And I said, "Well, just because the state of my mind. I, I, I just." You know, I've left a, a, a violent marriage in Ireland. I said, I don't know anybody here. I had the baby in the hospital here. I didn't know anybody. You know, I said, and she said, but why did you do this? Sometimes you just I, don't know because you just hit a, a, a brick wall. I thought, Jesus Christ, I mean, stop shouting at me. So she mm. said, I give you three months supply of tablets and you do not do this again. I don't ever want to see you here again. Mm. So, so I that always kind say, of aftercare. Yeah, I always say, mm. if I had been in a different frame of mind, I'd have taken that th three month supply of tablets there and then. Mm. Somehow or other, there must have been somebody, a guardian angel or somebody looking That's over stopping. me. That I stopped didn't you. do it. Yeah, very lucky. And um, I was just sent out of the hospital. And yeah. did you want to go back and see the boys? Did you? you know, feel, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. am glad that I've survived, oh, I've got God, to try, yes. and, yeah. I try did, and... I did, I think it was, when I say a wake-up call, I suppose, yeah, I could call it that. Uh, it's a harsh wake-up call, yeah. though, because that wouldn't yeah. happen nowadays. You'd no. have oh, God, a lot no. more care. No. Um, and the, there is, you know, yeah. the, the stigma around mental health, and this is the whole reason why I'm yeah. doing this podcast. Yeah. You know, that the stigma around mental health and people that you know, do commit suicide or are survivors mm -hmm. of it, you know, yeah. the level of care now is, oh, yeah, is, is how it should have always yes. been. Yeah. And it's sad yeah. um, that that happened to mm -hmm. you, but mm -hmm. you're here to tell the story and we have yeah. come mm -hmm. a long way mm -hmm. and look at what you've gone on to do since oh, yeah. then. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd... we're not perfect I'd... in life, are we? No, you know? unfortunately not. But, you know, it was... It was a hard lesson, but... Yeah, and you know, you showed such courage and bravery moving. I don't know, you know, many people that would have done that, got on a boat with one month's salary mm -hmm. and moved mm -hmm. to a country mm -hmm. not knowing a single soul, mm -hmm. having a child, what mm -hmm. was he, one? One years of age, three mm -hmm. months pregnant with another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You yeah. know, that that, that, that yeah. takes a lot of bravery and yeah. courage and you've kept was, on going. Kieran was about two, two and a two, half. Two and a half. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. so, you know, that's a lot on yeah. one woman's shoulders. Oh, yeah. It was the lack of support. It was the lack of anybody to talk to. Yeah. I mean, this, this Irish woman, I mean, even though she, you know, she had her own issues. I think she was a single parent and mm. she had quite a lot of children mm. and, you know, her house wasn't sort of my standard or anything like that. No. But, you know, she she had the children for me, and and you know that saved my bacon. Really. Yes. And then I went. I started this job in in the September, and um, I got them into nursery at that stage. Yes. And um, so you found, and this was still in Bolton. Bolton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, I applied with somebody at. I mean, the schools I worked in were fantastic. Mm, Do you know, good. they were my saving grace. Yes. And I mean, their heads and everything were oh, the most wonderful people. You know, they used to take me into the office and they used to say, 
you know, what's, what's your story, Mary? Mm. There's, there's something... They knew. Yeah, I must have worn it on my sleeve. Yes. You know, and they did everything in their power to help me, you know what I mean? Was there there anybody in particular that stood out that that sort of helped you? Oh, I'd I'd say the headmasters in every school Mm. that I worked in. Very supportive. Were absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. You know, without me going, I wouldn't go and talk to them and say... They just could see that there was something... Oh, God, you know, you don't know what my life's like. And Mm. I suppose... I mean, I wasn't myself, of course I wasn't no. myself, and, you know, I, I'd find myself weeping at, yeah, just like that. Of course and, you would. And, you um, know, you were suffering yeah. with probably lots of different yeah. post-traumatic um, stress from an abusive yeah. relationship, from not having any love as a child, yes. to becoming, yeah. you know, a, a single mother, mm-hmm. trying to make ends meet. Yeah. Um, what, so when you, obviously, you were living in England for quite a while, did your parents... How how did they ever respond? Did they did you keep in touch with them? What how how were they? What was their response when they learnt that you'd left? Oh, I think all hell broke loose mm. because him and his mother went up to our yeah. to my parents' house. Your husband and yes. his and his uh, mother. Yeah, she had a carving knife and he had a shotgun. Right. And that kind of mentality yeah, there, you know, they to find out where you were. Not every decent family has a priest in it, and you know the usual hurling abuse. And then you know he threatened he'd shoot my mum and dad. Well, of course right. my dad was a farmer, and my dad had a rifle. Yeah, so I my can't dad, imagine he'd have taken that line. My dad, the man he was. my dad confronted him and his mother with a rifle. I think all hell broke loose, and. Um, you know, he said that he couldn't keep the house on because how was who was going to look after this? Well, he couldn't look after himself, not no. to look after a house. And, um, you know, they, I think they told him in no uncertain terms that it wasn't their problem. And um, my father shooed him off and told him never to show his face again. Mm. And um, oh, then oh, it was years later when I went to Birmingham and started divorce proceedings. I thought, oh, God, all the hell. Because did he, did he come and... Oh yes, he turned up. He day. turned up. Was this yeah. in Birmingham? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I think the summer holidays came in between. Richard would have been a year and a couple of months at this stage, mm. and I started going downhill again. Right. The headmaster had got me. Um, the headmaster in Bolton had got me a house to rent. Brilliant. So you were living with your auntie at this point in Birmingham? No, I'm still in Bolton at this stage. Right, okay. So, um, and it was a two up, two down, Mm. you know, and um, of course I had no furniture or anything. So one of the teachers said to me, uh, did you pay superannuation in Northern Ireland? And I said, yeah. She said, you can claim that back, you know. Oh, right. So I never, you know. You didn't know that. So that's another. So I claimed that and I got something like £400. Well, of course. You That's know, a lot. Second time, yeah. but I got, you know, I got it for furnished. I remember finding this carpet in the skip. Oh, <laughs> I took it Survival out because I thought it, yes. And of course, when I brought it home, there's a massive big hole in the middle of it, so I put it under the bed. Yes, <laughs> that bit, we'll hide that bit, it's fine, no one will know. Yeah, yeah. the room or anything, but you know, it's it was, carpet. It, 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 was, it was fine, it was absolutely fine. We don't know we're born these days. And do there, we? was, um, there was an air raid shelter in the back garden. Oh, wow. And the kids loved it, you know. Yes. The real, the, the real line ran behind, you yes. know. And, oh, they had, a, they had an absolute ball there. But I really felt I was slipping again, mm. and, and I thought, oh my God.
thought, I don't really want to return to this. So I thought, I'll ring my aunt in Birmingham. Did you feel and that you needed yes, that family aunt, connection? Yes. Did you always have a connection with your aunt then? Yes. Did you get on she, well oh, with her? Yeah, she was lovely. Different she to your mum. She was absolutely lovely. And mm. um, I rang her. And her daughter was still living at home. Yes. And her, 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 the daughter's boyfriend was living with her. So she detected that there was something quite amiss. Mm. So she said, I'm going to ask Siobhan to go, to go and see you. Yeah. So she came up on she came to Bolton on the Sunday. This was her, your cousin, she Yes, was. yeah. So her and her boyfriend came and, and she was quite you know, she was quite mm. taken aback, I think, with yes. what she saw. So she went back and reported to her mother. So her mother said, I want you to come I want you to move to Birmingham. Yes. So, so that's um, how you got yeah, to the so Midlands. That's how I ended up in Birmingham and well God it was the same scenario. Mm. You know went to Bush House, come back when you're domiciled in the city after five years. I mm. said, I am a British citizen, I'm from Northern Ireland. No, you're not, don't argue with me, get out. Well, I suppose, yeah. had the Birmingham bombings happened, yes. Oh, yes. so the Irish mm -hmm. were not sort of well received at this point, so I'd imagine things were quite mm. difficult for you to find accommodation was, of your own, mm. you didn't want to be living with your auntie for no, the rest of I stayed with your my life. for a couple of weeks and then... I kept checking the Birmingham Mail for private rented accommodation yeah. and eventually this was the Anderton Road in Sparkbrook. There Sparkbrook, was, yeah, yeah. There was two attic rooms above the post office, one child only. And I said Ooh. to my aunt, I'm going to lie. Yeah. I said, I'm going to take one of them if you can hold on. Because I saw Kieran every day when I took Richard yes. to nursery. And my aunt was looking after her grandson because their marriage had broken up, yes. her son's marriage. So she was taking him to nursery, so she would take Kieran as well. So I'd see Kieran. Yes. So it was only a matter of about a fortnight. And I said to the landlord, I said, I'm ever so sorry. I said, but my husband had my other child. And I said, he's decided he doesn't want him anymore. So he's ah. sending them over. I lied through my teeth. So but you were already there then. I was already there. And again, it's yes. another survival tactic yes. to yeah. just... Get yeah. your own place. Mm -hmm. And was you working at this point? Oh, the, yeah. The, yeah. Well, the, uh, so you were living in Sparkbrook and you were working at Kingston Standing. King Standing. Took a bus, two buses in the morning to drop the kids off at nursery. Wow. Two buses to Back. work and the same in the afternoon. Yeah. And uh, because you got a free dinner if you did playground duty mm. at lunchtime. So, well, of course, I thought, yes, I'll opt for that. Yeah, I'll opt and, for that, please. Yeah, and uh, I've, fortunately, I had enough money to pay for a month's nursery fees. Yes. For the boys. And I managed to buy a bus pass. And the boys got, went on the bus free. Yes. In the morning, we're living in these two attic rooms. I've got a file. And, but it was a roof over my head, and it was peaceful and quiet. And uh, one day I was sitting at the table eating my dinner and the head came and sat by me and he said, I need a word with you in my office, Mary. Of oh. course, I burst into tears. Oh, yeah. God, he's giving me the sack. Yeah, you oh, think you fear the worst yeah, because, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And um, what you've been through, you're not going to think... don't worry, don't mm. worry, I just want to chat. Mm. So anyway, I've got a, I'm nearly choked on the rest of my dinner, as you can imagine. Yes. So I went and knocked on the office. He said, take a seat. I said, you're sacking me? And he said, no. Why? <laughs> so, oh, God. So what does said, he want? Yes. Yeah. So he said, I've been watching you. Mm. And I said, what for? And he said, you know, you arrived here. And of course, I, you know, I'd mm. had a baby, hadn't I? Of course. Uh, and he said, you were quite generously built. And he said, I mean, it was that really hot summer of 75, 76, 74. 
yeah, going into 75, 76. Mm. And of course, the journey to and from work for a start, yes. and walking to the bus stops and everything, you know, and running to nursery with the kids and running it's to the nursery to get back. And the juggling that you must have been yeah. doing and, and um, working. Yeah. So um, he said, Tell me your story. I said, really? Oh, no, there's nothing to tell. Oh, nothing <laughs> to tell. Oh, yeah. there is. <laughs> so he said, I'm not letting you out of this office, he said, until you tell me. Really? He said, Because he said, have you seen you? I, I, I knew the trousers were getting... So you'd lost a lot so of weight. Safety pins, you know, because yeah. Richard had nappies, oh, and of course, you know, safety pin was getting further yeah, and further. further up. Yes. So he said, have you looked at yourself? He said, you know, he said, you must be about two stone light on. He said, since you started here, and you've only been here a term, you know, which was six yeah. weeks, basically. And I said, oh, I've Stress. Know, really just busy. Bit, just uh, really busy. Yeah, really busy. And he <laughs> said, no, 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 no. He said, you're not getting off with that. He, he, he knew. Said, yeah. He knew. So, of course, one of the problems was you had to work for Birmingham for two months mm. before you were paid. Right. Because that was the way of keeping you, basically. Right. So you weren't paid anything for the first two months. Two months. Well, at this time, I was living on £1.50 a week family allowance. Mm. And two children to feed. Two, with the children Bus, had breakfast, yeah. lunch and evening meal. Of course. So I was having a dinner in the middle of the day, but yeah. I wasn't having anything else because I didn't so have you, any money to You was just banking else. on that free yes. yeah. meal that because you was doing the play. And then at the weekends, my aunt would ask me to go down to hers, you see. Oh. And she would look after. Well, we didn't stay, but, you know, she, would, she yeah. was lovely. So, anyway, I blurted out the story. So he said, I knew there was something. Yes. I really knew there was something. So he said, where are you living? I said, oh, Sparkbrook. And he said, oh, right, you're quite happy there. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was a sink with a cold water tap and there was a, a, a grill, you know, a gas grill. And, and that was it. And a, a television that didn't work. A settee, if you sat on, you'd fall onto the floor. And this bedroom with a with a single bed mm. and double bed mm. and that was the accommodation and you if you wanted to wash or anything mm. you were downstairs put 50p in the meter so he said you're not leaving this room till you tell me so he said is there a bank near you i said i've no idea what i want a bank for you know at this mm. stage i had no bank account so i said i don't know and he said um Right, he says, one o'clock now. He said, I think the bank's closed at three. Mm. He said, you find a bank, he said, and get yourself in there. Mm -hmm. I said, I haven't got any money. He said, yeah, now I've heard it. Now, now you've come out with it. He oh. said, we got that far, didn't we? Oh. And I said, what do you mean? He said, how much do you need until you get paid again? Oh. I said, no, 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 no. He didn't want to accept no, it. No. He yeah. wanted to help you, yeah. though, didn't he? Yeah. So he gave me a cheque for £50. Oh. He said, you get to the bank with that and pay that in. So, of course, when I was paid, first thing I mean, yes. £50, get out. He said, get out or I'll sack you. Oh, yeah. what, a, what a gentleman. Do you know, I read his, about his death in the paper oh. a couple of years ago, and I wish I'd known. Yeah. So he's yeah. somebody that really, yeah. Yeah. really, really stuck out yes. for you and oh, saved yes. you and yeah. really helped you. And it yeah. only takes that one person, doesn't it? I know, I know. And, um, uh, so your face is like lit up, uh, yeah. just yeah. obviously remembering that moment. Yes. Oh, and that yes. must have been everything. Yeah, I remember then. telling my sister before she died because mm. I thought I want to tell one of the family. Yeah. And she cried, you yes. know. And uh, I said, well, I, I cried buckets after he did that for me. But yeah. 
and then um, well it's finally being given you know yes. something somebody giving you help somebody yes. recognizing yes. that you know this woman yeah look what she's been through yeah she's losing weight she's yeah. trying to you know battle yeah. so many different things yeah. that she's been through mm. and did you stay working to that for that school for a while just the one term and then um yeah. birmingham rang me up and said there's a job in cardinal wiseman another school uh, and yeah. it was mr pitt i remember him yeah he was lovely so it it, did things then lovely. start to go on the up a little bit for yes, you? Yes, yeah. There so, was a light at the end yes. of the tunnel. Then I, um, oh, one of the teachers said to me, have you never heard of housing associations? And I said, no. Hmm. And she said, uh, COPEC, she said, a Catholic housing association. She said, why don't you apply to them? Hmm. And of course I'd never heard of them. So I applied and I got a house in Small Heath. Brilliant. Hmm. So then what... So that was obviously your journey from obviously having the childhood that you did, mm -hmm. having a strong, you know, Catholic upbringing, um, unfortunately meeting a husband and you suffered, mm -hmm. you know, sort of mm -hmm. domestic abuse and, you know, beatings and mm -hmm. so many, you know, obviously struggling with your own mental health then, which, mm -hmm. you know, you'd have been pretty destroyed at that point. People that, you know, uh, there's a lot of people, both men and women, that suffer with, you know, both violent mm -hmm. and mental abuse. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you, there wasn't the help and awareness that there was mm -hmm. back then that there is now. What would you say to people that are listening, well, you know, that are in this situation that are frightened mm -hmm. to go and get help? What would you advise them to do in the first steps? Well, there are so many agencies now, aren't there? I mean, there's victim support and there's, mm. you know, the, there are so many avenues you can go down, mm. you know, and of course the police get involved if there's yes. domestic violence, which wouldn't have happened then. No. Police would have laughed in your face. No. So, you know, the, I mean, you know, there's there's provision for children, isn't there? You know, the, the women yes. take the children to nursery. There's, you know, there's mother and baby groups. There's... You know, there's all these avenues you can pursue, you know, and mothers get together now, don't they? Yes. You know, and share notes and things and, you know, they, they I mean, they, what, what's the organisation called that we used to, I used to use it when I was working in Chemsley Wood. Um, they have charity shops. God, I can't remember the name of them. Vict not victim support. But... I used to refer quite a few of the mm. parents to them, you know, because yeah. they were living... I could see Because some my... people are frightened to talk, so would you yeah. say, like, before... Because some people are frightened to, to, to phone those numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're frightened to admit it to themselves. Yes. Do you think maybe talking to somebody that they know and trust first? Do you yes. think that's oh, maybe yeah. the first yeah. step? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the mother and baby groups and things like that, yeah. they, you know, they do build relationships. Yes. I don't think there's... I don't think there's the same isolation now for mothers with young babies, whether they're in, whether mm. they're single parents or whether they're in a bad relationship or whatever mm. they happen mm. to be in. I don't think they'd ever have felt as isolated mm. as I did, no. uh, you know, in that situation, that mm. there isn't anybody they, they could go to. 
you know, so maybe, as you say, to speak to someone they trust. You can obviously involve the police if it's, yes. if it's violence that, you know, is beyond controlled and, you mm -hmm. know, they'll find safe houses and things like that to yes. go to. There's a lot more. Mm -hmm. There's oh, a yes. lot more out there now uh, and people oh, don't yeah. have to be alone, do no, they? So, no. um, you know, at the end, I'll, you know, we'll, there'll we'll be some um, signposting to places that can help and obviously there's oh, your yeah. mental health support group. So yeah. what was it that got you into wanting to help other people? What, where did you start? Because obviously you're um, CBT trained and mm -hmm. you run your own sort of a mental health mm -hmm. support group, mm -hmm. friendship group. Yeah. Tell us what, how you got into that. Well, I think, you know, it's historical really, isn't it? Because, you know, right from the moment I sort of began to recover and yes. find myself again, really, I always mm. had this interest in mental health. Yes. And I, working in, you see, what I did in my teaching career mm. was work with parents in their own homes to skill their children who had a disability. Right. So. I suppose, you know, we worked in quite deprived areas. I mean, yeah. it covered Sully Hall, but you had Chensley Wood, Kingshurst, you had a lot mm. of quite socially deprived yeah. areas. And I was coming across parents who were in dire straits on mm. a daily basis. Nothing like what I had encountered myself. And I can remember one of them saying to me one day, you'd have no idea what, it's, what, what life's like, Mary. Mm. And I said, well... Yeah. I said, I didn't give him any money. I said to have this flat. Mm. You know, and to you know, to have the support of your own parents or to have, you know, siblings you or something. Yeah. And you know, I saw mental health, I saw so, so many examples. So the more you of saw of it, people the more... struggling and you know, mm. I could refer them to agencies, I could Mm. You know, I could help them out in whatever way, just by listening or, of course. you know, whatever, you know, means that maybe mm. saying, well, maybe you'd like your parents to be here next week when I come in and we can chat about this together. I'll stay on after I've worked with your mm. child. And, you know, it, it seemed to be in my face constantly. Yeah. You know, so there was a sign there yeah, telling yeah. you that this is, yeah, this is your kind of destiny to yes, help other people. Yes, and it was... I suppose I saw the impact it was having on their lives yeah. and you know you forget really when you move on in life mm. you know that time that you were you know in at rock bottom a, a, a and I place. could see them you know crying and saying you know oh, I don't know whether I want and you to don't want anyone else to feel like that yes, do you and you know they had mm. young children the same as I had had mm. and I thought oh my god this is whole history repeating itself and you know I was uh, you know, was it, I was speaking to mental health services all the time, yes. really, about, you know, the, the situation these were in. And, Trying of to course, the health visitors were involved of at course. that stage because they had young children and, you know, you had uh, nurseries and you had um, Sure Start and, yes, you sure know, a start. lot of organisations yeah. like that that were helping. So, yes. you know, they'd asked me maybe to go with them for the first few for occasions. Mm. So I would because, I, you know, I knew exactly. And you just volunteered yes, that. Yeah. Oh, so, um, mm. you know, and helped them out in whatever way. I mean, sometimes yeah. I used to think, oh, God, I don't like those curtains anymore. I'll bring them to so-and-so. Or I don't like that look anymore. I'll bring it to so-and-so, you know. Mm. And I thought, you know, I, I can remember... 
you know, Being, the generosity yes, of that headmaster, yes. what he did for me. So he, he yeah. always, he always came to back the forefront, yeah. yes. It, and, it, and that's it, isn't it? It yeah. can take one person to help somebody, yes. one person to yeah. really look. Because um, you get so wrapped up in your own world, in yes. your own bubble, yeah. and what's going on in this fast Mm-hmm. pay society that sometimes you don't mm. always see no what no. other people might be going through yeah. but I think so you being, do and that's a gift yes. no but I was in there every week yeah I was in those homes every week you know yeah. and I could see what was happening to them but you, you went know, over and, and above oh, just yeah, your yeah, job but, and, yeah. and and which is which you so yeah. people tell me I'm too soft but I don't regard it as that I just regard it as seeing a need and doing my best to and if and there's, there's more people like you in the world oh. you know and that's it isn't it? it's about being kind and yeah, yeah helping people yeah. so you went to university did you to yeah study I, cognitive I, therapy behavior uh, i went that? i went to bourneville college bourneville four years ago i think it was oh only four yeah, okay yes, quite yeah, recently yeah, then yeah yeah I, I sort of well i retired at, at 68 so and then I um, had the Irish Women's Mental Health Research. So of course, yes. I was already into mental health yes. at this stage. And then I was a governor. And then I did the course. So, yeah. so with I was the in- Irish um, Women's Group, how did you... Did you, you saw that? You said earlier you saw... Was it um, an advert? Um, oh, yes. It was so an you, advert you'd retired at 68. Yeah. You started panicking, thinking, I've got this void to yes. fill. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you see this advert mm-hmm. and you apply for it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where you... And this is still in Birmingham. Yeah, that was, at, uh, that was in Digbeth. We were based and that lasted for a year. Because you, I was doing exactly what you're doing now. Yeah. I was doing interviews and, yes. and uh, transcribing them, and, you know, and editing yeah. them and everything. And then we published the booklet and then I set up the group. Brilliant. And that was two years. And then I, I didn't I didn't intentionally think, oh, well, I'll carry this group on for two years. Mm. It just, things seemed to drift and, you know, they wanted to start charging for the room. They gave it mm. to us free for the first year. And I thought, well, we, you know, we don't have a huge amount of no, money left. And, and some of the women were moving on, you know, they had sort of come out the other side, I suppose, Good. or, you know. Which is what we're in the recovery. Uh, yeah. And, um, uh, it just ebbed out, you know, mm. it just reached a climax, I suppose, and mm. then, was it then that I, yeah, it was then that I got the job as governor, yeah, and then I, um, at, during that time I did cognitive behaviour therapy and counselling up to level two. Brilliant. Yeah, so. So, how did you move from Birmingham to Redditch? Oh, the school I was in, St Chad's, I was working, that was a permanent job. They were closing down because of right. falling numbers. So I, um, we had a choice of them redeploying us or finding our own job. I thought, I don't want to be redeployed. No. And one of the dinner ladies who worked in St Chad's, mm. you know, we used to chat quite a bit because I was having my dinner there and she'd come and sit by me and we'd mm. have a chat and she said, why don't you move to Redditch? Mm. And I said... Where's Redditch? <laughs> a lot of people live. Yeah. It's a great place. She said, um, Redditch. She says, I got a house in Redditch. She said, I was in a high rise flat in Newtown. Yes. And she said, I applied. She said, she had two girls. She was divorced. 
and uh, she was she had moved to Redditch and she was travelling back to you know do her job. Yes. And she says, oh, I love it there. Mm. So she said, if you if there's a job going in Redditch, she said, apply for it. Well, of course, Redditch was developing as a new town yes. at that stage. Yes. So. The schools, new schools were being built, so I got a job in one of the schools. Brilliant. And uh, the chairman of the governors on the interview panel was also the uh, chief housing officer. So you knew him. So he followed me out and he said, have you got somewhere to live? Oh, fantastic. And you've been here in Redditch ever since. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you, how long have you been running the... Um, sort of friendship support mental health group in Redditch. Six, it'll be six years next month. Brilliant, mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is thriving for you mm -hmm. and you have got the BBC coming in to see you tomorrow and it's not mm -hmm. the first time so share with us how and um, why they're coming to see you. Um, I don't know how he heard about us in the first place, to mm. be quite honest. I think it was Liz who runs the centre where we meet. Okay. Um, I think he had phoned her and asked something about mental health provision in Redditch. And she said, oh, there's a mental health support group meets here. Yes. So he then got in contact with me and yeah. said, how about me coming along? So he came initially and just met the group without the cameras or yes. anything. And he was quite impressed with one or two individuals, yes. you know, about how outspoken they were. And then he decided to come back the following week, I think. Mm -hmm. And he asked me if we could meet in one of the women's flats. Yes. Uh, to for her to talk about her story. Yeah. And and how you've helped her. And yeah. Yeah. And, brilliant. Um, we met there, and then he came down to the group, mm -hmm. and he rang me last week, wasn't it, the week before, mm. to say how's the group going, anything changed, you know, have mental health provision any better? I said, I so is that what the documentary is about, about, yeah. uh, you know, because obviously there's been so many cutbacks, yeah. but mental health is something that, um, as you know, as a country with the Prince's Trust, mm -hmm. you know, heads together, there's so many mm -hmm. different charities now, it's, it's losing that stigma mm -hmm. and people are mm -hmm. now talking. And, oh yeah, I think um, there are so many celebrities so you know, many like Alistair Campbell last yeah, night and, brilliant documentary and um Frank Bruno and yeah Fern know, Cotter yes, Fern. I listened to her yes. happy place and yes. have listened to some and, um, incredible stories Ruby Wax she's written yes. three books now hasn't she Stephen Fry yes oh yeah and I mean, yeah you find the mm -hmm. more people talk mm -hmm. um I listened to an interview um a podcast um Bryony Gordon her first um, person she interviewed was was Prince Harry, and right. he really opened up about you know what he'd been through. Yeah, his mother's um, death. Yeah, yeah, mm. um, and how that sort of formed heads together, and mm -hmm. you know what they're doing to help. And I think that that is is massively helped the country. So there's more um, support groups. Yes. You know, yes, there yeah. are the cutbacks and mm -hmm. there are the struggles, but it's it's definitely losing that stigma. And, mm -hmm. and I think that the more documentaries and the more people are speaking mm -hmm. yeah. and opening up and sharing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. especially from a celebrity point of view, because yes. people think, oh, you know, they've got yeah, a great so, life, yes. they've got money, money what's wrong with them? But yeah, it's not big house for that. And, no, I mean, that wouldn't have made any difference, I don't think, to how I was feeling it at that not. particular time. Exactly. I mean, my family eventually found out through my aunt that I had attempted suicide, and my mm. mother said, wrote to her and said, tell her only a pagan would try to kill themselves. Mm. She'd rot in hell for that. But you weren't? No, no. no. So, um, 
the relationship with your family, was that ever rebuilt? Did you go back home? I was summoned when my father had a stroke. Mm. Um, I obviously took the boat over mm. and um, I was, my mother refused to feed the children. Right. She said they are aware of the bastards. Um, so she hadn't really changed then? No, no. And but did you find a, that you... It was just a preaching mission. Yeah, and, it is, isn't and it? And I was told that, you know, I was the worst person on this earth and I'd have to answer to God at the last day of all the terrible things I had done and left my husband. I said, you know, I said, I thought he came up here with a shotgun and his mother came up with... Yeah, but you can understand why they did that. And I thought, no, I can't. No, no. I don't think anybody would comprehend no, that really. No, but um, and I think most people, I'm mm -hmm. um, well, pretty confident listening to this story, will think, wow, mm -hmm. I, I'm really glad that you took that boat, had the courage and the bravery to do oh, yeah. it, because look what yeah. you've gone yeah. on to do. You should always be proud of yourself. Thank you. You've got a very inspirational story to tell, and you've done so much to help other people. And, you know, it could have been so different, and it wasn't. What makes you happy? What is it that, you know, that you, that keeps you going now? I love, I love being with that group. I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, and, you know, my phone lines are always open to them, yeah. which people really slate me for. They say, you know, you should not, no. you should not but you be answering this it, phone you? morning, noon and night. I mean, I had three phone calls today. Mm. And, um, I walk. So you find I, that, I do physical exercise quite yes, a bit. Yes, that was going to be my yes. next question. Yes. You beat me to it. Yes. I think yeah. um, exercise. Yeah. I, I used to go to the gym quite a lot. Mm. I, I, I walk now. I, I like being in the fresh air. I like people. I like meeting yes. people. You yes. know, when you meet new people, and you well, know, I'm glad I met you. There's lovely people around. There isn't are. There? You know, they'll stop and chat to yeah. me, even if it's only about the dog. And it's simple things. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you're walking down the street, you know, and that's yeah. why I've called this podcast Don't Look Down, because you do. Yeah. When you've got the weight of the world yeah. on your shoulders, and you, 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 yeah. you do, you look down, but if you yeah. look up, I know. there's so much yeah. magic. And if you smile at somebody yes. that's looking oh, a little bit blue, it yes. can make someone's day. Yeah. Do you know that poem called The Smile? It's a no. lovely poem called I The don't. Smile. Oh, you'll have to get it. Oh, I will. I'll get it for you. Yes, please. Um, but uh, I, I digress a little bit because I don't know whether you ever saw a documentary where the sixth form, they went to a sixth form mm. school and mm. they took all the mobiles off them. <laughs> it was very recently, I think it was last year. I may have heard about yes. it, but I didn't see it. And um, they said, you're not having a mobile for a week. A disconnection, And yes. you know, oh God, they were distraught. Oh my God, how are we going to, oh, how are we going to, art? you know, go to school and, you know, we'll be able to talk to our friends and everything. You know, this was mm. because they well, were texting each other, of you course. know, instead of speaking to each other. And of course, they linked that with a huge rise in mental health. Yes, massively. So the interview, I mean, it sticks in my mind. It'll stick in my mind forever. They interviewed this particular girl and they said, and how did you get on? She said, it was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. She says, you know, I walked to school. <laughs> and he said, yeah. And she said, I had to look at people. He said, you what? 
She says, I had to look at people. Yeah. And I meet people now when I'm out walking. And they see well, you coming and they take out the mobile and they're immediately, because they don't want to look at you. Mm. you know. Well, it's, it's a shame. Mm. I think social media um, oh, God, yes. and digital marketing is a wonderful thing, but it's also a bit of a worrying thing because of that and communication yeah. people forget you yeah. know i do it myself i think we're all guilty of it i'll be oh you know i'll be scrolling mm-hmm. through my, my mm-hmm. social media accounts and you know mm-hmm. every so often i think what am i doing yeah but esther ranson you know she set up Childline, and she was on a television one morning very recently mm. and you know she was talking about the rise in mental health and yeah. you know the, the Child's line, the number of calls. She said some days, we, with some weeks, we can get about 500 calls. Yeah, but I can imagine. My God. Mm. And, uh, you know, whoever was interviewing her said, well, so, you know, what do you think's happening? And she said, well, you know, it's the advent of tablets and mobile phones and computers and blah, blah, blah. And she said, this young girl rang me, she said, and she was 14, 15. She says, I can't remember exactly how. And she said, it was quite a dramatic event in her life you know, that she obviously she wasn't going to discuss. So she said, I said to her, haven't you spoken to your parents or your teacher or anybody about this? And she said, oh, no, no, no. She said, my teacher's always too busy, she said. And she says, my parents, she said, when they come home from work, she said, they're, they're busy, she said, and then they go on the laptops. She says, mm-hmm. and I don't want to disturb them. And mm-hmm. she said, God, bloody hell, she said. I mean, this is today's society. It is today's society, and okay. I've certainly, since doing this podcast and reading a lot of books, and mm. um, made myself aware mm-hmm. of, um, you know, social media. I think it's a great thing, but I also think yeah, um, it's, it's really you have to limit yourself. Yeah, January, I did a whole big detox. I thought, right, mm-hmm. I'm going to disconnect, mm-hmm. and deleted the apps. You know, and I found myself to start off with reaching for my phone. Oh yeah. Because it's a habit. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. by the end, sort of like a week, yeah. I actually didn't think about it oh, at good, all. Good. And I love walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think connecting with nature again, walking, oh, yes, exercise, yeah. it releases yes. those natural endorphins. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. so good for you. Um, and to connect with people yes. and speak and with people, been out in the people. fresh air, isn't it? And just yeah. that so is that something that you find yes. walking yeah. is, is something yeah. to keep you happy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, meeting up with friends, having yeah. a coffee. You know, some yeah. of the some of the ex members of the group still ring me up and said, "Do you fancy nice. meeting for a coffee or Which something?" Which is brilliant. It's wonderful to make you know, it's, you know friendships. It's, just, it's catching up with other people's mm. lives, yeah. you know, and and just feeling part, you know, feeling yeah, that, definitely. You know, oh, they ring me every week, yeah. you know, to see how I am and, yeah. and things like that, and and. Um, I mean, I see quite a bit of my grandchildren. and I, yes, yes, I was. that was what yes. I was going to ask. Yeah. Um, you know, so the relationship uh, with your children now. Yes. Um, you know. Oh, yes. I'm in a completely different place now, Emily. I mean, yeah. I like myself. I never oh, liked hallelujah. myself. I never liked myself yeah. until recently. Mm. Um, and, you know, I like being with people. Mm. I've, I must admit, I've always been a people person. Yeah. But I never had anything in common with them. Mm. Do what? Do, was yeah. that because you felt like you'd got this? Yeah, I got this thing of not knowing how to relate to them and, and thinking, mm. who the hell would want to hear what I've got to say? Mm. You know, because I was. We were never allowed to have an opinion. We mm. were never allowed to show an emotion, mm. and it was only. 
I suppose it was only when I started doing the Irish women's research that suddenly it clicked and I thought, yes, you know, and they yeah. were all saying, never allowed to cry or, do you know. So listening to other people with the same kind of upbringing. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, my sister was clearing out the house after my mother died mm. and her and I don't get on very well, unfortunately. The mm. sister I did get on with passed away like two years ago and um, she, she did she come over? Yeah, I think she came over. I mean, I'd read her coming because she's got this thing about how nice your house should look. And oh, I think, oh God, for God's sake, get a life. Mm. And, you know, she was never married and she always had loads of money and she acquired my mother's bungalow when she died. So, of course, mm. it was practically demolished and rebuilt, mm. you know, because nothing is, nothing's right for her. And she, you know, I can see her having issues. I can see the whole family mm. has issues. Mm. But, you know, I'm definitely the black sheep. And um, she said, here's your birth certificate. She said, there's something ever so funny on it. Mm. And I said, what do you mean there's something ever so funny on it? And then I turned it over and in red pen, and it must have been, I mean, being a teacher, I should know, I'd say a six to seven year old probably would have written it. I shall not cry. Oh, really? That was my, mm. and I was made to write it on my birth certificate, obviously. Mm. And if I ever write my book, that'll be the title. Well, I think you should write the book mm. because you are an incredible lady and you, you, oh, thank you had to go no I mean it you, you know when I met you in that coffee shop and we spent about three hours in there I came out and I was just blown away because oh, you know oh. you you've come so far and you've had to go through so much yeah but you know and now you're helping other people mm. you know you found yourself you like yourself mm -hmm. which I think is an amazing thing my mom suffers with depression very heavily and mm. recently I got her a mirror I didn't tell her I was going to do it and um, I wrote down I want you to write 10 things that you like about yourself mm -hmm. and eventually I want you to pick up the mirror and say I like myself mm -hmm. and then I want you to say it a few more times and then I want you to say I love myself and she, there was this is no way she'd want to mm -hmm. do that mm -hmm. um, but I just said so start with saying a few things that you like about yourself. Was her mother the Irish woman? Yes yeah so, um, and she's just done a 10 week um, sort of um, like yourself course, which she's never stuck to a group therapy course and she's completed it. And she's, she's really turning over a new leaf. Wow. And she's actually written a few things that she likes about herself. Wow. Because there's a lot to like about her. Yes. So I think the fact that you've said that mm -hmm. after what mm -hmm. you've been mm -hmm. through yeah. is, is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just wanted to um, just sort of say, um, what do you think, um, you know, with your group, although it's extremely rewarding, there must be sort of times that's challenging. How do you yeah. combat those times where it is, you know, really challenging and mm. you mm -hmm. aren't always able to help people? How do you cope with that? Mm. The there are two types of people in the group, and I have decided, I, I spoke to them a couple of weeks ago, and I said, some of you are radiators, and some of you are drains. Mm -hmm. I said, 
what do you think I mean by radiators? And some of them said warm, or I said, yeah, you know, you spread warmth and you, you know, you radiate heat mm. and you radiate that warmth mm. to others. I said, so why do you think I call, you know, I'm not pointing at anybody, of course. Mm. Drain Generalising, yes. yeah. Oh, we see everything negatively. You mm. know, there's never anything, you, no matter what you suggest. I mean, there are some of them that no matter what you suggest, if you said, go and jump in the river. Mm. So the, it's a case of yes. the glass is half empty yes. yeah. or half full with yes. some of them. Yeah. You're either that way or the yeah. other way. So I said, we need the people who can think positively. Uh, to actually start off the group each week mm. and then the very first thing anybody else is allowed to say is something positive. Brilliant. I bought them all a notebook, mm. <coughs> cheap little things in the works and I said I want you to keep a diary, mm. I want you to keep and I want three positive things that have happened to you last week. Yeah, brilliant. I said it doesn't have to be earth shattering, it could be you cooked yourself a lovely meal, could be you nice, had a nice hot bath, it could be that you went into town and somebody smiled at you and one yeah, of the shops it's just trying to change the thought pattern to you. I said it could be you bought yourself a nice pair of knickers even, <laughs> you know, I don't care what it was. New knickers are always yes. great. Yes, I said, you know, I just want you to put this down. Yes. Well, some of them had turned up and they'd forgotten the book. The right. Book, you know, and I thought, That's, this isn't an excuse. This isn't a way this out. This is going to happen. Yes, this is going to happen. Yeah, because you're a force so, to be reckoned yes. with. I turn up with a book, Mary, if I was in your group. I turn up with a book. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can tell I'm teaching background. Yeah. Love it. Yes. No, I love it. And, it's um, brilliant you strategy. Know, you, you just have to. You know, you have to constantly keep on, keep on, and I think I'm winning them round slowly. Good. You know, Good. because there are a few powerful Characters. people in the group now, and they'll say, you know, when somebody starts, they'll say, "You're not winching again, are you?" Oh, right, brilliant. <laughs> so you're all getting there and not afraid to sort of say oh, now. Oh, good. He said it. I didn't need yes, to say it. Yes, so it's not it. always yes, you that yes, has to say yes, it now. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So I think the penny's dropping. That, good. Yeah, it's not a... So you're always striving for new strategies to yes, sort of get people yeah, thinking positively. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's easy to get into the negative frame of mind. Of course it, it is. There's nothing good happening in my life. And, of course, the DWP now are the big issue because universities credits coming in and they're going to have less money I said well you're going to have to learn to budget maybe yes. one week we're going to have to invite somebody in to mm. talk to you about budgeting brilliant yeah. strategy again. so you know I've got to the stage now Emily where I think I need as many visiting speakers as possible because yes. I don't want to listen to whinging no you know where um, there's a will there's yes, a way yeah and uh, I said definitely. don't forget my story Yes. I stood on foreign soil, not knowing where I was going to exactly. live or had nothing. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Attitude. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, but you were a teacher, Mary. Yes, yes, I was a teacher. Yes, I'm grateful for that. But if I hadn't been, I think I'd have probably plodded on and found something else. And, yeah, mm. because even yeah. if you haven't got that, um, yeah. you know, skill set that you had, which was very fortunate. Well, you as will... I took that from my father, I can think, you know, that's something positive, I must yeah, say. Yeah, definitely. Mm. There's always a... And that's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's always trying to find that positive, you know, 
um, you know, my, my daughter's had operations and there was a particular operation where, you know, it didn't go quite to plan. Um, so they had to do it a different way. But I saw the positive in it because there's something that they didn't do before that they could Mm -hmm. this way mm -hmm. so I was like there's a positive mm -hmm. it, in the bigger picture it's going to be better yeah so mm -hmm. you have to always try and find those positives yeah. and people like you help people do that mm -hmm. change their thinking patterns yeah. so thank you for coming in oh, it's you're been very such welcome. a pleasure you're very it really has really. just to end if you can just sort of say um where your mental health friendship support group is and when it is so, so that if anybody's listening who are in Redditch or the surrounding areas, they can come and join and, yes. and, and you know, feel mm -hmm. that they can get some help. Yeah, and if anybody's listening who can come in and tell us how they came out the other side, how they recovered and yes. what they're doing now, that would be an added bonus. Wouldn't it we just? Are always, we always welcome outside speakers and particularly anybody who has turned their life around. Brilliant. Um, we meet every Thursday at the space at Winyates. It's actually in Winyates Shopping Centre. Winyates Shopping Centre and Redditch. it's called The Space, the space Redditch. Yes. Um, and you just come into the, the 57 and 58 bus will get you there if you need to travel bus. by bus. Okay. If you travel by car, there's a car park and you can actually see the space from the car park. Uh, you just follow the signs for Winyard Shopping Centre. Yes. Um, we meet from 11 to 1. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. And we meet weekly. Weekly. And what, have you got um, a website and a telephone number that you can... Um... Yes. My telephone number is 07989154258. And my website is marymaster at sky.com. Mary Master. Mm -hmm. As in the car, M A Z D A. Brilliant. At skygut.com. Okay. And uh, always welcome uh, people who are feeling isolated, lonely. You don't have to necessarily have a diagnosis of mental health mm -hmm. if you actually feel that you would benefit from coming in and having a friendly chat and a nice warm cup of tea and a little bit of TLC. Is what everyone needs. We're always there for you. Brilliant. That's great. Mm -hmm. So to end the show, um, what is your don't look down favourite quote or affirmation? Anything that's to end on a positive that's one of your favourites, Mary? Right, I think um, this is probably the number one. Courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen. And that's not easy to do when you're in your blackest moments. But showing up first and foremost, yes. so coming to a group or getting out to meet people and letting ourselves be seen. Yes. As you say, don't look down. Don't look down. This is looking up. Yes, mm -hmm. and ahead. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. You're I'm very so welcome. I'm blessed to have had you on the show. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Yes. Thank you, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.